Connor. I'm Kevin. This is Kevin, and welcome to the podcast. I have a question for you, or maybe an observation. Okay. The you pro- you've, I'm sure you've watched a lot of this uh, basketball startup at WNBA NBA. It looks really bad when red j- teams wear red jerseys. Is that just me? Well, I feel like it looks fine to me, but maybe I'm just. I don't, I've never really liked an all red jersey, to be honest. So, I mean, just, I don't know. But I also, you know, the one thing I kind of enjoy is the giant side billboard. Yeah. That's really like lit up and stuff and like changes, like sometimes like lightning and that. And, like, I don't know what it is about that. Like, <laughs> it is way more watchable than very empty baseball stands. Yeah, I agree with that. But it's just something about the red jersey. Every time I watch, like, the Houston Rockets or the Atlanta Dream, Mm -hmm. it's just, it's almost like it's too bright. I don't know. It doesn't mesh with the way they've got their setup. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, it is fairly, I don't know. It just feels very dim and stuff. So, like, that's fair. Like, you don't have a fans full of red all the way, all the way up the. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the Lakers game looks pretty good. I watched a jazz game the other day that I thought looked good, but the red jerseys just burned my eyes. Because they're the only thing red. Yeah. And it's so, and the reds are very aggressive right in the NBA. So, that's fair. Okay. Let's get into it. Okay, so let's get into yesterday. Uh, I am super surprised here. Joe Kelly suspended eight games for, uh, I mean, a chippy game as it was. It was weird that Joe Kelly was the one to do it, not every other pitcher before. We talked about this. You can tell at which point I fell asleep. (laughs) <laughs> because we talked about the game, how nobody threw at the Astros, and of course they threw at the Astros once I decided to go to bed. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he then gets suspended eight games in a sixty-game season. That's uh, that seems a little too much to me, and uh, maybe I'm crazy. Uh, I feel like losing a sixth of the season is uh, an aggressive suspension. Just a quick trivia question. How many games did the Astros players get suspended for cheating for two solid years? Mm, let me check. How much money did they get fined? <laughs> well? Zero dollars? Zero games? Well, that's weird. I mean, cheating <laughs> is one thing, but getting chippy and throwing a couple balls near Carrera was enough to get out of there for eight games. Admittedly, it was pretty aggressive. It was at his head. I think it was 96 miles an hour, but he didn't actually make contact. I feel like, uh, yeah, I guess it was, I mean, it was, I felt like it was close to head. I mean, I, I feel like he, Joe Kelly has a pretty good arm, enough that he could have put it on his body and let him know what's up. In theory, I'm conflicted about this because throwing at people is something I really want to get out of baseball. Like, it's a dangerous weapon when you're a major league pitcher. Like, you're yeah. literally using what could be lethal force. Yeah. But at the same time, when you contrast it to two years of cheating, I get mean, less suspension than something that's devastating. Been, it's been part of baseball for a hundred years, and it gets eight game suspension. More. I mean, I I felt like he didn't like like there was no rush tussle, nothing like there was like it was. It felt like it should have went that way. What does a social distancing baseball brawl look like? Right. That, exactly <laughs> what we just saw. You know what I mean? Just staring at him and being like, Meh. and then the league coming down hard on 
I, I feel like the entire Astros organization by sitting Joe Kelly for eight games. Seems yeah, Dave crazy. Roberts also got suspended a game. We should probably mention yeah, that. For sure. um, it just doesn't seem right to me. And my, my real problem with it all is that are you going to do something about the Astros? I mean, they won. No, they've like, that was part of a settle when they were doing the investigation. What they did is they gave the Astros players immunity so that they'd get the information it was kind of their, their in- investigation strategy. So we know at this point, the Astros have been a, as punished as they're going to be. Uh, I mean, you don't have to punish them at all. Like they have immunity, but I feel like their championship doesn't have immunity. Can you take that away? I'm not a huge fan of taking it away because that always looks strange, but this is where no fans in the state, because that was going to be the reward of the... Like, but I feel like you're... I feel like if you got rid of all their ability to punish, then I feel like then you should bring down the hammer by saying that they get an asterisk by their championship. You could do that. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to bury Bond's asterisk and you didn't really catch him being hot so i mean yeah just because he got bigger man i know dudes who friggin were we were the same height till how old that's all i'm saying i mean trying to argue that barry buns didn't anthony davis grew so i mean it's all possible (laughs) (laughs) like three seconds (laughs) crazy that doesn't happen i don't know man dude i i feel like it was less obvious than the cheating from the astros (laughs) Gotta love it. Arguing Barry Bonds steroids in 2020. There we go over there. Let's move on to uh, that Chris Bryant triple play we saw yesterday. Yes. Uh, First triple play for the Cubs since 1997, but was it a triple play? Okay, uh, I didn't know they like it was a triple play till like the camera. Like, because the camera like did was weird. I thought it hit the ground. He grabbed it and he threw it, and I'm like. Oh, okay. I'm like, why is everyone <laughs> stopping? I'm like, oh, he caught it in the air. And I was like, I don't know if that was in the air. <laughs> like, that was definitely close. But, I, I mean, to be fair, the best part about baseball is, like, some things be- come down to, like, what the the um slash... You know, yeah. Sees. Apparently, I didn't. I don't quite understand it. But apparently, this play wasn't reviewable. Yeah, yeah. And I, I once again, I, I feel like sure. Like, I, I don't want to see the ball halfway skip off the ground, but it just, but you know what I mean. Like, I like when you some things can't be reviewed because some things need to be human error. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, whenever you watch some of those great plays where the guy throws a ball 90 yards down the field, they catch it. Like, it even happened to my football team, the, the University of Ottawa. It was all over the, the news. The last play of the game in the Panda Bowl, they threw the ball up. The guy got the ball swatted down into Behar's arms. He ran down the sideline, touchdown. Uh, we lose to Carlton. Carlton wins like the next two Panda Bowls. Like it was, it was crazy, and it was crazy high energy. It's the first time it was inside of a professional stadium. But if you watch the film, like they tackle our end, like the, the the offensive tackle literally tackles our end. Yeah, like and they just wasn't seen. And like and it kind of doesn't matter in that giant context of everything. Like n- we didn't notice it. Rest didn't notice it. It just kind of went, and it's like, if you could just double back and be like, actually, 
Yeah, I think I agree with you about 75%. Like, I'm a big believer in robot umpires and that sort of thing. Oh, okay. But I'm not a huge fan of reviews because, yeah, that atmosphere, it matters. I, w- I mean, I wouldn't have a problem if, like, the refs were, like, if they had more refs on the field and, like, there's no way if that the would reviews be reviews were basically instantaneous, I'm okay with that. But, like, two-second reviews, this is such an exciting play. Yeah, like, it, it just seems to me like it would be crazy if the, all of a sudden they were just, like, actually no... And because, like, the fans, like, rushed the stadium. Like, it was crazy. It was the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> like, and it was, like, like, and I was, like, oh, no. And could you imagine if they're just, like, actually, no, you lose the game because there's no way we're going to get this back under control. And we saw a holding. Yeah, you lose a little bit of what But, I mean, if you caught it in the moment, then there'd be no problem. The flag would come out. Everyone would have been, like, oh, you know what I mean? Hopefully yeah. it wasn't this. Hopefully it wasn't that. You know what I mean? Yeah, we've seen that Brandon Banks in the Grey Cup a couple of years you ago. Go, yeah, things like that, right? Stuff like that definitely does happen. So I, I don't know. I think it hit the ground because I, the camera angles messed me up for like five <laughs> minutes. I didn't know what I saw. There's a little sprinkle of dirt, and I couldn't tell whether it, if was, it was his, his glove, glove or yeah, was the ball. And yeah, the announcer seemed very sure it hit the ground. I was not. Well, my ca- the first camera angle had me mess up. The second camera angle, I was like, maybe you did catch it. But the first one, I was like, what? Like, what? Like, like, <laughs> what? like, why did we stop? Like, he like puts his foot on the base, and it's just like weird. And the camera angle's like just on him as he like throws it lazily across. And, and I'm like, what? Where's the triple? <laughs> <laughs> like, where's what's happening? Like, the guy's running the second. Like, but yeah, okay, but. Uh, Phillies are going to be back in action after playing the Marlins. They've decided they'll take off tomorrow. Yeah. uh, But they're going to play Saturday a doubleheader against the Blue Jays. You okay okay with that? You trust in baseball a little more? Once again, my problem isn't with uh, baseball as a whole. They probably did the right thing. Those players didn't interact with each other yet, which was a good job. If they did, then I don't know. This might be a little quick. But my like you, you need to make sure that these teams are separated to the point that you know that no one is sick. Then yeah. you can guarantee I think that's the important thing yeah. right there. This has been a long enough delay that we've been able to fully get the test. Exactly, the right? tests. So they've been they've been tests, everyone's clear, get out there, play, go play, right? But and a doubleheader will be fun, right? Yeah. So I, I agree. I think it's good you gotta get if you're going to do the season, you gotta get the season going. Going, right. So I mean you 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 know it one team is sick, you know they're not sick, let's go. Uh one last story I wanna cover before we move on. Sylvia Fowles becomes the WNBA's all time leader in rebounds yesterday. Okay, well shoot. I mean it's I feel like watching her play I would make a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, hardworking, always. So, I mean, that's awesome, and congratulations to her for sure. Yeah, one thing, you mentioned how she plays. After she broke the record, I looked her up because I wasn't wanted to see how tall she is. She's yeah. actually only six foot six. Yeah. I thought she was like six foot nine. Six she foot she, she plays. plays so hard. Right? It's very true. I mean, it's... It's an interesting thing to look up the height, especially because you don't imagine, like, I don't mean anything by it, but you don't imagine women to be so tall, right? Like, yeah. so, like, when you look up their height, you're like six foot nine, six foot 
six. I'm like, really? I didn't know idea. Yeah, this is shorter than the NBA. It's not like you don't have giants. Exactly, right? And it it just kind of messed me up when it's like you looked up her her height and you're like six foot six, and then you're like, actually, they're players who are six nine. Yeah, I'm like, man, like I'm like I feel like I like the camera angles or something are tricking me. Because, like, I just, I don't know. But also, to be fair, I look at the NBA, and you just have no concept of height, other than the no, really tall people. You, you know? look at the NBA, and you often think, like, oh, that's a short, like, you think Steph Curry, he's tiny. He's yeah, exactly. That's what, exactly. Like, six foot three, which, out on the street, is a tall man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, it's taller than me. I'm like, I, it's like, that's, I don't know. Like, it's. It's kind of a, a weird thing that you kind of see it all and it's just in a vacuum. So you're like, no, they're not that tall. <laughs> but no, that's congratulations to her. That's a, that's a wild feat. And for being as short as she is, that's pretty crazy. Okay, let's move on to... And talk some NFL when we get back. Here we go. The NFL released their top 10 players in the league yesterday. Uh, I felt like pretty surprising. Um, I feel like let's get into the main point of it. Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. Mahomes, number four. Like We'll, we'll talk to Lamar Jackson yeah. in a second, but yeah. Patrick Mahomes, number four. I didn't realize there was anybody that re- didn't think he was the best player in the league. It kind of left like a bad taste in my mouth. Like I was like, what? I'm like, I felt like the man earned the number one spot. I mean, especially after coming back in that game. Yeah. Against the... The fact that he won the Super Bowl. Like, his season... Like, Mar Jackson was the MVP yeah, last yeah. year. But even with the MVP, there was... Like, Mahomes had his ankle injury, and I think he had shoulder injury. He had a couple of just yeah. small injuries last year. As Lamar Jackson was winning the MVP, it was still near unanimous that if you had to pick, you're still picking Mahomes. Yeah. Nothing against Lamar Jackson, but... I guess, like, to be fair, like, Lamar Jackson couldn't be tackled last year. Oh, yeah, Lamar, like, this is not... My argument is not against Lamar Jackson. He's unbelievable. That's where it kind of comes in. My guess is, my one is, like, Russell Wilson, who is absolutely unbelievable, and I would argue probably the best of the three of them just playing right now. I mean, ben right. The whole I mean, right now. I, I feel the phone's playing. It's unbelievable. But Russell Wilson is like, I feel like the best quarterback right now as like a full package. Like he, every they've lost, they won every single one of their games. Like I think the like the point spread like between their teams was like seven points, like for the whole year. Yeah. Like you're saying, total points, uh, like for and against or whatever. So like they 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 won their games by the end of the year by it was like a seven point difference. And I think it was I don't know four or against. I don't remember, but it was seven yeah. points. But like they he, like the clutch, like its entire season was clutch. So it's great, and the fact that he's never won an MVP it's is one of crazy the to me. weird sad yeah. facts of the NFL yeah. right now. But. Just watch Mahomes play with your eyeballs on the team. I felt like I watched him as well, and I, I just feel like this season, especially Russell Wilson and well, and Lamar Jackson, I feel like 
Like, it left a bad taste in my mouth because I was like, why isn't he like three or like, like all three of them were one? You know what I mean? Like, it, <laughs> like but I, I don't know. I feel like, the to be fair, like, the bad taste in my mouth is that how in the heck was he not like, like three, like he was four. Like, it was just like insult to injury. But I will say like Russell Wilson won every one of his games by like nothing. So like it was clutch all season, which is fair. And I, I argue he's the best quarterback right at the moment. And I think then Lamar Jackson would be, to me, two. And then three would be Mahomes. And the reason why, because Lamar Jackson absolutely was unbelievable all season long. This is and that's not fair. where I saw this discussion going. I absolutely thought when we started this, we were both going to agree, okay, Patrick Mahomes is one. We all know that. I was gonna and then let's get into it. it. But, but uh, I feel like when I think about last season... I feel like I see them in this order by way of success for the season. Russell Wilson is probably the smartest player in the NFL, or at least the smartest quarterback in the NFL. Uh, I feel like the best quarterback because what talent is he working with? But Mahomes' arm, his ability to throw. Yeah, I mean. He can make throws that Russell Wilson doesn't make in his dreams. Well, I mean, to be fair, like if you gave Russell Wilson the talent that you were throwing to if he could throw to someone semi-capable like yeah I feel like their best receiver is uh is a rookie which is fair he's a big body I don't know why he slipped so far in the draft (laughs) but like even he like wasn't really up to snuff yet I like I argue that little tiny returner guy that got turned into I can't remember yeah Um, uh but I I feel like that's their best uh you know wide receiver and that's crazy me. Like, in a red zone threat. Let's establish that. They talk about him being a red zone threat. You have to think that there's a little bit that goes into what Russell Wilson does. If their stats were comparable, that's where I think you can start arguing the 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 weapons. Like, Tyreek Hill versus that guy whose name we cannot remember. DK Metcalf is pretty good, but like you said, he's yeah, got rough around the edges. Yeah, I've argued Sammy Watkins is better than that. But it's like Mahomes to me is just ne- we've never seen anything like Mahomes. He's he's Aaron Rodgers with a stronger arm and faster legs. That's <laughs> fair. I mean, I don't know. Um, it's just he's too- got. He's got that Peyton. He's not necessarily as cerebral as Peyton Manning because no one in history has been as cerebral as Peyton Manning. But yeah. he's got that kind of Peyton Manning vision where he sees the entire field, goes over top beautifully. Once again, go back to his arm. It's just it's the best arm I've ever seen. Yeah, I I don't know. I I don't see it. I don't I like I don't see it being right now. Like ending of this. If we were to end the season, like if the season ended at the end of. Um, uh, the, like the actual season not going into the playoffs. Yeah, like Lamar Jackson was the best player. He had period. the best regular season, no doubt about yeah, it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, like obviously extending onto the, those last four games, like things change. But like, you 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 have to. But I think there's a difference between who had the best season and who's the best player. I think you I, can acknowledge. I think it's we even have though Jackson to acknowledge the that these are decided by the players. And these players played every game against him during that stretch. 
so I guess when you have to like the pure fear of trying to tackle Lamar Jackson would be it was they, they, people were game planning everything and they couldn't do it. It couldn't be done. He <laughs> literally was unstoppable. When they added him into running the ball, there was no answer. And that is crazy in the NFL with a quarterback. I mean, that's <laughs> everyone's wildcat dreams with name a random quarterback. They try right. to do it. But, you know what I mean? Like people who would compare Tim Tebow and him to me literally just need to give their heads a shake. Like there is, there was no one as dominant as Lamar Jackson was that year. All right. I think we're going to have to agree to disagree on this. I want to move on to some of the non-quarterbacks on this list. Yeah. Any of those names stand out to you? Um, Mine is going to be uh, DeAndre Hopkins and Michael Thomas. I think DeAndre Hopkins is the better of the two. Um, I I think maybe you can argue it's splitting hairs, but I feel like DeAndre Hopkins is a consummate receiver in that league. Michael Thomas is extremely talented. There's no doubt about it. I would argue he's maybe 1B, but I, I think it's DeAndre Hopkins and it didn't slip. I think I would agree with you as well. I Part of it is personal preference. I always prefer, like if I was a GM, I'm getting the six foot five giant wide receivers. No. Michael Thomas isn't small, but he's not that kind of receiver. Yeah, he's, a, he's a route runner. He's a dash slacker. Nope. But to me, that's personal preference. If you're looking for who's better at what they do, you could very easily argue that Michael Thomas is a better that style receiver. True, but I just think like I think every single DB in the league would not want to deal with one. And I feel like since it's rated by like everyone, it isn't just like DBs decide on who is the best receiver. Like that's that's the difference. Between the two. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like it's it's DeAndre Hopkins. And, like, even uh, Stefan Gilmore will say it's DeAndre Hopkins. You could be right about that. The, the same way we were talking about Lamar Jackson as he'd be so scary to try to tackle. Yeah. DeAndre Hopkins, I think, is the one that puts more fear into your heart when you're trying to... If you're lining up man-to-man against DeAndre Hopkins. Exactly. Like, you're going to really get to put yourself against, like, the consummate receiver to me. You mentioned Stephon Gilmore. That was my big surprise. I don't see him as the ninth best player in the NFL. Um, I don't know. I I, I feel like I don't see George Kittle to be number seven. <laughs> like because I like Travis Kelsey's in the conversation to be close, and I don't see you in think... the top ten Travis Kelsey. <laughs> I think Kittle. Going back, this is kind of the Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes conversation. Yeah. And Kittle definitely had a better year last year, I thought. He was the more dominant player last year. But you could argue that Kelsey is the better player because we've seen more yeah. from him for a longer period of time. Yeah, maybe yeah, maybe that's my, my problem with that. But I feel like I feel like you need to have Kelsey somewhere near Kittle. That's all I would say. But, I mean, to, for the Stephon Gilmore, Stephon Gilmore is the best corner of the league, period. I would agree with that, and yet still, I wouldn't put him nine. I think he's kind of in a low point. No, I don't think so. I think Stephon Gilmore is, especially, like, think about how the Patriots did this year. Defensively. Unbelievable. Unbelievable defensively. I think the the rumors of that always will be the superstar corner, and that's where Bill Belichick went and got Stephon Gilmore. I think the rumors of the Patriots' defense were a little exaggerated last year. They were a really good defense. 
they were a great defense for maybe eight games of the season. They were good defense for the last eight games of the season. But the one thing that stayed great throughout was Stefan Gilmore. <laughs> That's He's why they stayed a good best defense. Best corner in the league, but is not the same level like Darrell Revis was for that stretch, or Champ Bailey was for a long oh, stretch, or nothing fair. compared to, say, like Deion Sanders. He's not that top 10 superstar type corner. To me. I mean, the, the Super Bowls that he's won would argue that he is, you know, you and your who's the best freaking quarterback conversation we could get into right now. <laughs> but I mean, it, he, he's, he does what he does and he's really, really, really good at it. I think maybe, I don't know if it's overshadowed by the fact that like there are like no other DB is really standing out and I mean uh what's his name on um Patrick Patrick uh help me here for the Peterson Peterson yeah Patrick Peterson is like aged like and I feel like that's the other yeah he's not that old yeah. but so athletic that those kind of players yeah like kind of like hang around for a long time like there is no Patrick Peterson type dude as well so like there's no argument to who number one is and I think that's why you forget that he's that good were there any particular um, omissions that you felt should have been there other than maybe Kelsey, as you previously mentioned? Um, my one would be, I don't know. I feel like it's pretty good otherwise, but uh, if I was going to add someone up into it, it would be Tom Brady because he's the best quarterback ever. I can't wait to watch. Okay, can we, like, I don't think there's anyone I need to put in it, but I just need to know like right now that Tom Brady is not going to do as well as anyone thinks save your money don't don't take some risks expecting him to win the Super Bowl cuz it's he's old and beaten old and beaten speaking about a team that should have been like playing way farther into being successful they were a successful defense till week 8 because you can only be on the field for so long without dying i think that is <laughs> i would agree with that concept I would put uh, Bobby. I would have replaced Stephen Gilmore with Bobby Wagner personally. I think he's oh, okay, just yeah. like he's that overall. He's he's smart. He doesn't miss tackles. He's at the peak of his powers. Right I now. feel like Bobby Wagner's been the best linebacker in the league for a decade now. It feels like <laughs> <laughs> it does feel like it's just that's the way it's been. like Legion of Boom when they were popular. Like Bobby Wagner was the dude. Like it's just. Yeah, you had Kukli since Patrick Willis retired. Suddenly, well, yeah, after Patrick Willis retired, and I feel like the conversation of like Kukli without even acknowledging that Wagner was in the league is just weird to me. Yeah, because Wagner has consistently and been in two Super Bowls. You know what I mean? Like been that dude. But I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to wrap it up here and come back with some cycling in a moment. Okay, let's move on to that cycling here and uh, get into a conversation about the UAE leading a couple players to get bump into someone who had a COVID case. Yeah, it was a bit of a, a momentary panic in the cycling world. Uh, three players uh, came in contact with a confirmed COVID case. Yeah, They were pulled out, sent home, in fact, yeah. entirely. But they have all tested negative. Yeah. So we dodged a bullet. Yes. Yeah, the clean. remains clean for now. Yeah. And well, I just, that's just a simple argument uh, of being outdoors 
right? Like that's the like it's a lot safer. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's just certain sports are going to be safer than others without even trying to. Yeah, and I mean, I feel like they're doing everything else right. You know, masks at the right spots, blah 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 blah. That mitigates your risk. Yeah, they're not testing quite as much with the. I believe the standard for the UCI is they're testing six days, three days, and then race day. If I remember correctly, I think you're correct. is how they're testing, and then. Whenever there's a threat, then you that's when yeah, you really fire up the heavy duty testing. I mean, I, that's I mean that's all you have to do when it's not as aggressive as like that's the states right now. Like just with the sheer numbers they have yeah, to worry about. That's part of it too. Right? Like they Sports don't need to be every single second, every single second, every single second, every single second. Right. <laughs> so awesome. Um, um, other stories. Marianne Voss. Signed a two-year contract to start in 2021 with the brand new Yumbo Visma team. Okay, yeah. I don't think you can ask for a better connection here. You're talking Dutch team. The Dutch team. This Yumbo Visma is the same sponsorship, uh, same like basic structure of Rainbow Bank, which has been around in the cycling world for decades now, and they're starting a major, big-time women's team next year. And you can't get a better face of that team than probably the greatest cyclist ever, Marion Voss or Palmares, is second to none. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I mean, though, I feel like you. It's the only other cyclist I could think of that would make more sense would be the one, the only. And and it's, mean, in fact, for- you're. Annemiek van Vluten is rumored to potentially be joining this team as well. Her oh, wow. I know it. <laughs> might be getting her with. Yeah, it might be. There we go. I, hey, it'll be the, the yeah. best team. Yeah, Annemiek is definitely the best in the world right now. Uh, wouldn't that technically be like the female Team Sky or whatever? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right now, the Dutch women are head and shoulders above. Like, uh... And that's not just in road cycling. That's in uh, cyclocross cycling. That's it's fairly. It's not quite in the the velodrome. Okay. But the Dutch women are their their program right now is far and above every other country in the world. You're seeing like four or five of the top five in major races. No, oh, okay. Surprising. So slamming those two together only makes sense as well as it being. Yeah, so you make a major Dutch professional team yeah. getting the Dutch riders. I don't believe the Anna van der has got a few years left on her contract. I believe she's the other super Dutch Dutch woman. Okay. Um. So there will be, we're not going to concentrate it quite too much. Not, not as a concentrated as um, guy. But it could very well be two superstars on the team. That's super awesome. I, I mean, it's cool to see uh, there be maybe like an evil villain team, you know, the one that has all the talents that, you know, the Patriots, the yeah. team skies, like you're like, oh man, they shouldn't have all <laughs> this talent. <laughs> yeah, that's always... A good there's the good and the bad that comes in. That could definitely be. There's a lot of money going into this. There's about six teams in women's racing right now that are uh, kind of head and shoulders money wise as far as everybody else. And Yumbo Visma day one will be one of those in teams. That group. That's good. I mean, it, I it's, I feel like it's leading more teams to put more money into it, which means either get good or get gone. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that was. Uh, a couple years ago, the uh, director of the UCI, whose name I'm currently spacing on, the French mayor, 
Um, his explicit goal was we're going to set the standards high for the women's team and the women's world tour teams because we believe we can get the full roster of 15 teams uh, by demanding this. And it does seem like every year there's been a couple more teams at that level. Yeah. And I think that's the best way to kind of build build the sport. More money, more problems? Yeah. <laughs> Just want to wrap it up by mentioning Volta Burgos. Uh, Fernando Gaviria, uh, the great Colombian sprinter, won stage two. There we, there we go. Okay. Well, you guys all have a good one, and we'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>